Well, again, welcome to church. Welcome to today's service, to today's message. I believe God has a word for you, a word of life, a word of power, a word of grace to help you, to bless you, to give life into you, to help you grow, to help you to overcome. If you believe it, somebody say amen in the chat right now. Well, we've been on the theme these last few weeks, and I think we're going to continue to be on this theme for a little longer, about purpose and calling. God has many, many purposes and callings in our life. And in fact, because he's so amazing, because he's God and he can, and he can do things that only God can do that man cannot do, is God is able to put purpose in virtually everything. Even bad things, even bad things. That doesn't make bad things good. It doesn't mean that God makes bad things happen, but God is able to redeem and, and take bad things and what normally would be perhaps a waste or a complete negative. He can turn it around and use it as a form of blessing or as a way of blessing into our lives. Amen. So we've been talking about things that normally may be negative, you know, negative uh, things in our life like waiting um, and stuff like that. Uh, today, we're going to talk about disappointment. Disappointment. I believe God wants to help you to overcome disappointment in your life today. So uh, why don't we jump into today's word. Uh, the, the, the scripture today is from the book of Luke, chapter 5, and we're going to read from verses 17 through 26. Again, this is Luke 5, 17 through 26. Would you read the word of God together with me today? On one of those days, as Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who, were, who was paralyzed. And they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. So they had a plan. They had an expectation. The plan was to bring their friend who was sick and paralyzed. They're going to bring him to Jesus. They're going to lay him in front of Jesus and have Jesus pray for him and heal him. That was the plan. That was the expectation. But how many know sometimes life refuses to go according to our plans? Verse 19, But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, notice not just the faith of the paralyzed man, but the faith of the men, his friends, all together with the man. When he saw their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? That's true. Only God can truly forgive sins. Amen? Verse 22, When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, Why do you question in your hearts, which is easier to say your sins are forgiven, or to say rise and walk? <clears throat> but that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins... He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And immediately he rose up before them and picked up what he had been lying on and went 
home, glorifying God. And amazement seized them all, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen extraordinary things today. And all God's people said, Come on, somebody say yes to extraordinary things. God wants to do extraordinary things. Just reading that, I feel like God wants to speak something into your life. God wants to let you know that God doesn't want to just do normal things, and He definitely doesn't want to do less than normal things. Instead, instead, God wants to do extraordinary things in your life. How many people are ready for extraordinary things? Come on. If that's you, somebody say amen in the chat. Are you wanting, are you expecting for God to do extraordinary things? things in your life today if so if you need it somebody say amen in the chat in fact that's a great way to kind of segue into the message today as we talk about the fact the truth is that God truly does want to do extraordinary things in your life just like he did in the life of this paralytic but you know one of the things that gets in the way of us having faith or expectation of God doing extraordinary things is this little thing called disappointment. Disappointment. You know, how many times have we hoped for something, prayed for something from God, to God, asked Him to do something and it didn't happen? Or whether or not prayer or just life in general, things that we hope for, you know? Uh, maybe, maybe a movie. Oh man, I was really hoping this movie was going to be awesome and uh, you were disappointed by it and then part two comes out and you refuse to watch it. Why? Because you're like, I was disappointed with the first one so I'm not expecting anything great from the second one, right? Uh, life, the truth is life is full of disappointments and that sucks, right? It sucks and uh, it's, it's a terrible thing sometimes. It's a sad thing. In fact, even more sad is that you know, as I was preparing this message, I was looking through different things and things on the internet and comments and stuff. And there was this one quote that said, life is nothing but disappointment or life is just a series of disappointments. And I thought, what a sad way to look at life. What a terrible way to look at life. You know, that's just very sad, very heartbreaking. And, um, but you can't blame people necessarily for having that kind of attitude or perspective on life because the truth is, is that you can, you can see why somebody may fall into that kind of attitude because there are all kinds of disappointments in life, right? People will disappoint you. Amen to that, right? You, we, we get disappointed by people we look up to, we depend on, even friends. Uh, you know, they may disappoint us. Relationships, boyfriends, girlfriends, husbands, wives, you know, people cheating on us or people just not, you just feel like they don't care. It's like, why does he never offer to do the dishes? Oh my gosh. You know, so we get disappointed. It's like, oh, I feel like my husband doesn't really care. Or, or perhaps a husband feels like the wife is never encouraging, you know, always criticizing. Why do you want to? You never, you never, you never. And it's like, oh, I'm so disappointed because, you know, I wish I had an incur. I had, I wish my wife would encourage me. Or perhaps it goes further to say, I wish I had an encouraging wife. Um, 
Again, I mentioned leaders can be disappointing. You know, we look up to leaders, we look up to people. There's a saying that says, never meet your heroes. Uh, and the reason why is that most of the time when you meet somebody you look up to, and, and not just meet them, but I mean really, really like get connected with them, begin to see all the different parts of their life, you begin to realize, wait, they're not so great, or as, they're, they're not as great as I thought they were. They're, or basically, we're not, they're not as perfect as I thought they were. They're human. They've, they've got a bad side. They've, they've got bad parts of their personality. And we get so disappointed and disillusioned. You know, situations disappoint us. Dreams. We have these dreams and hopes and goals. You didn't get into the college that you hoped to get into. You didn't get the job that you wanted. And so uh, we get disappointed. In fact, when the older you get, it seems the more disappointments you know, we have in life and these regrets that form. I thought I'd do this. I thought I'd do that. I thought I'd travel here. I thought I'd do more with my life. And so maybe you're disappointed with yourself. Sometimes self-disappointment is the greatest disappointment. Now, the thing is, is that as one person said, disappointment can be very, very dangerous. On the one hand, disappointment is natural. It's natural to feel disappointment. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It's not a sin to feel disappointment necessarily. Uh, but if we're not careful, if we don't pay attention to it, and if we're not intentional about it, the fact of the matter is, is that disappointment can have devastating effects on our life. Uh, disappointment can affect us in, in, in tragic and in powerfully negative ways. In fact, through or because of disappointment, we may have more fear in life. Uh, because of disappointment, we may become more pessimistic. Right? You ever, you ever meet somebody who's pessimistic? Like the, the glass is always half full. Things will never turn out. But what about this? But what about that? That'll never work. You know? uh, it's because they're afraid. They're afraid to take a risk. They're afraid that you know, because of these disappointments before, life has taught them that certainly whatever you hope for will not happen. And so they become pessimistic. And, and of course, we want to have compassion on pessimistic people, you know, because some of them are just victims and they're just self-protecting their heart. You know, that's why they're so pessimistic uh, because now they've been hurt so much. Uh, disappointment can fill us with regret, right? You're just now full of all these regrets because of all the disappointments. Or it may cause you to be a person of, of blame. You blame people. You blame. It's like, oh, if this person had not, or this, if this had happened, we blame situations, we blame people. Uh, today's story, you know, maybe these friends could have at first got a, this attitude of blaming, right? It's like, oh, I told you we should have came earlier. They could have like blamed each other. You ever see that like couples, right? They, they like maybe even on their way to church. It's like, oh, I told you to get up 15 minutes earlier. I, I told you to get that ready. And now look at us. We're late. We're late. Oh, man, we can't find a parking spot. It's all your fault. I told, you know what I mean? Uh, so these friends could have been like, like that. It's like, Dude, I told you to stop spending so much time on your hair. Now look, we can't even get in the house. And he's going to stay paralyzed forever. And it's all because of your hair. Right? Isn't that funny how like anger just escalates things? You know, or, or maybe they would have blamed the people. It's like, oh, dumb people. Like why are all these people like filling the house, right? Why don't you make room for people who really need to be there, right? I don't see you paralyzed. I don't see, I see you're healthy, well, and, and walking on two legs. Look at my friend. He's in more need, right? Right? The world is so full of these kinds of angers, isn't it, right now? If you go on the internet, you don't have to 
search the internet too long for this kind of finger pointing and blaming and and uh, self-righteous blaming it's like you you know this person needs more and you should right and uh, it's all because of disappointment sometimes disappointment could be that root uh it can also be the root of self pity you know some of you who may be struggling with self-pity right now and you're like why do i keep acting like this or thinking like this well maybe the root is disappointment right because you're so disappointed in things and you keep getting disappointment one disappointment after another keeps happening in your life you begin to feel sorry for yourself right rejection after rejection pain after pain and you start just feeling like and you and and not just feeling like you start saying you know and that's where self-pity really begins to take fruit and take hold not just when we feel it but when we begin to say it over and over again bad things happen to me bad things always happen to me good things will never happen to me, right? People don't like me. I'm annoying or I'm a bother, you know? I'm uh, people or, or good things, you know, I, I work hard, but I never get recognized. I work hard and I never get appreciated. So what's the point, right? If you ever catch yourself saying that, what's the point? Why even try, right? I want to warn you, you're in danger. You're in danger of sabotaging yourself. You're in danger of letting disappointment take over your life. And so sometimes when disappointment takes over our life, life just becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? The Bible tells us that our words have power. There's power. There's the power of life and the power of death. And because you keep believing bad things will happen, you keep uh, saying bad things will happen, and without you knowing, you keep doing things that, that enable bad things to happen, that's why bad things keep happening, right? And, and again, the root can be traced back to disappointment, right? And an even greater danger is that that disappointment if, again, left unchecked, if we don't take care of it, if we're not intentional about it, it can limit or even kill our faith. It can limit our trust in God, right? If, if we keep getting disappointed with God, it's like sooner or later, we're going to stop trusting Him. We're going to slowly but surely, we keep saying God is good, but perhaps deep down inside, there's this question, is God really good? Because, I mean, I've been disappointed so many times by God. I feel like he's let us down. Why did this happen? Why did he let that happen? Why didn't he answer this prayer? Why didn't he answer that prayer, right? And so disappointment can be like a bomb, but it can also be like like termites. You know what termites are? Termites are like those bugs that eat trees, and they kill trees from the inside out, right? And the tree looks perfectly fine on the outside, right? But if you push it, it'll just break because it's all rotten and eaten up on the inside, slowly but surely, like a cancer, like a disease, slowly spreading. You feel fine, everything looks fine, right? You go to church, you're a nice Christian, you're nice to people, but deep inside, there's these seeds of disappointment that are slowly destroying and eating away your faith, and you know it, you feel it. It's why you're here, it's why you're hearing this message, because God has the cure, amen? God has the cure, God has deliverance for you, God has a way, He can make a way where there is no way, because God is for you. He is not wanting anything to stop you from living in God's best, in God's best for your life. You know, there's a book about living your best life now. Well, this is not just about being a Christian. It's not just about living your best or being the best version of you. It's about us enjoying and receiving the best version of God. 
that's way better than the best version of me, <laughs> right? That's, that's a way better life. He says, pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God wants his best life for you. Come on. If you want that, if you believe it, if you need it today, would you say amen? Say it out loud. Shout it out loud. You may be home. You may, may be in the car. You may be taking a shower, whatever it is. Somebody shout amen. Because an amen is powerful. An amen is spiritual. An amen will line up your mind and your heart and your spirit with God. Come on, somebody. An amen is not just empty words. It's not just something we say in church. If you have faith for it, amen will activate your faith. It will activate God's spirit to move in your life because what you're saying is, God, I lay down my life. I surrender my expectation and I know that you are good and I say yes to you. Come on, somebody. Somebody use an amen to open an opportunity for God to show up in your life. Give me a big amen right now. Come on. Come on. God is here. Holy Spirit is working. We're on fire. God's on fire. You on fire. The Holy Spirit wants to set your spirit on fire. Amen. We are not normal people. We're not ex expecting ordinary things. God wants to do extraordinary things in your life. And if you want God to do extraordinary things in your life, you got to start thinking in an extraordinary way. Right? An extraordinary way means not ordinary contrary to ordinary why am i listening to the sermon right because god is spiritual there's spiritual power power available to you why am i praising why am i praying because it's extraordinary amen when we do extraordinary things god is able to do extraordinary things in our lives amen so keep praying keep worshiping keep reading the word keep hearing sermons keep believing keep trusting keep fellowshipping because god is ready amen, amen. God is ready. Are you ready? Yes. Are you ready? I used to tell people all the time, I'm ready if God's ready. I'm ready if God's ready. Amen? That's all I need. I don't need to be ready. I don't even need to feel ready. You know, I can't tell you how many times. Even today, I'm like, what am I going to preach today? Like, I got notes, but I don't know sure, right? It's like, it doesn't matter. I don't feel ready, but God is ready. Amen? Amen. He is my readiness. Yes. Amen? Amen? You ready for this? Yes. I believe God wants to help you to overcome disappointment in your life. It could be as big as you feeling like your life is a disappointment, right? Or it could be key things in life, maybe in areas of relationship or job or, or money or finance. Whatever it may be, I really believe God wants to help you to have victory over disappointment today. Amen? Amen. Now, <clears throat> as we get started, number one, one of the first and perhaps the most important key to overcoming disappointment is purpose. Purpose. Having a purpose. Knowing that God can put a purpose into disappointment helps us to overcome disappointment. Because sometimes I think disappointment is sort of like a quicksand, right? Like the more you struggle, right? When you're in quicksand, the more you struggle and the more you're moving, the more you try to get out, the faster you sink. And so disappointment is kind of like that, right? The more we struggle against it, we, oh, I hate it and I don't want it and we try to resist it, the more we kind of get consumed by it. But if you can start turning it around into something positive, right? Like we say, taking a negative turning into a positive that is one of the most powerful ways in anything whether it's disappointment or other areas of life it's one of the most powerful ways where you can actually start overcoming disappointment and so I know I'm using the word overcoming but it's, it's actually a way we can start using disappointment to our advantage now some of you are like that that doesn't sound 
good at all. Like that doesn't sound desirable at all. Well, that's why you're still stuck in disappointment, right? See, we got to have extraordinary thinking. We need to change the way, our, the way we think. And, uh, and the crazy thing is that the Bible teaches this, us, teaches this to us, but even non-Christians understand this, right? In fact, I saw this video of this non-Christian guy just saying, hey, you need to have a different attitude when it comes to disappointment. So the most successful people in this world will tell you, right? So this is not just a God thing, it's, it's a God wisdom thing that is put into the world. That if you want to overcome negative things, you need to turn a negative into a positive, right? And so, um, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, so here are a few purposes uh, that God can use or put into uh, disappointment. And then the first thing is this. Number one, some disappointments reveal our false identity. Or in other words, disappointment can help you to grow in your identity with Christ, Amen. right? And it does that by kind of revealing or exposing areas of our identity where we find our identity in the wrong things, right? Uh, so, for example, right, um, you know, when, when people go through disappointment, uh, let's say with, with a, a dream, right, uh, you're, you're pursuing a dream, you know, I want to become this, and, and it doesn't work out, you know, I want to do that, it doesn't work out, you, you begin to have this confusion, and you get this question, well, who am I? Because my whole life I dreamed of becoming a doctor or becoming an engineer or being an actor or being a pastor. And now it's, it seems like I'm not going to be able to do those things. And there's so many times that people feel lost or, or perhaps like an athlete, right? They're, they're on their way to accomplishing their dream, but they get into an accident, right? And, and now they're unable to play soccer or football or baseball or whatever it is. And so you get into these disappointments that cause you to question yourself. Who am I, right? If, I, if I'm not doing this, who am I? If I don't accomplish this, right? I always thought I would get into this college. I always thought I would go attend this university. I always thought I, I would, you know, get this job. I always thought I would accomplish this goal or, or accomplish this thing. And, or, or, or maybe it could be like, you know, maybe you're not out to cure cancer, but maybe you thought you'd be married by a certain age or have kids by a certain age. Maybe you thought you'd be able to support your parents by a certain age. Maybe, maybe you thought you'd be able to support your family. And, and all these disappointments now begin to make you question, well, who am I, right? And now this can be a good thing, right? It's kind of like, I was thinking about this the other day. It's kind of like sickness, right? Or, or not feeling well. You know, God is so brilliant in that the way he designed our our body is that when you feel pain, that pain can actually be a helpful sign to you, right? Because when you start feeling pain or you start feeling sick, you go to the doctor and they may say, oh, good thing you came in. Because of that pain, we realized it was warning you that there was something else even more dangerous that was about to happen in your, in your body. Or, or it was a sign that something in your body wasn't working well. Does that make sense, right? Maybe your kidney wasn't working well or, or your liver or something, right? That pain was helping you to understand that there's something unhealthy in you, but because you came to the doctor quickly before that burst or became a problem or before it killed you, 
right? Because of that pain, you responded to that pain. Now we're able to fix that thing. We're able to make that thing healthy. Understand what I'm saying? And so when we get this appointment and, you know, and we start questioning who, who am I, that's like a pain in your body saying, see, there's something in your heart where you don't really know who you are or you're finding your identity in the wrong things and we can fix it now. If we fix, fix it now, it's going to help you to be healthy and strong and avoid, you know, avoid, uh, uh, you know, huger, bigger failure in the future, right? And so, and so I, I actually went through uh, something like this uh, uh, where... For me, in my own life, you know, ever since I was younger, uh, I actually told people, you know, back in preschool, I would tell people, you know, when they would ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? I said, pastor, pastor, you know, and I, I was saying that ever since I was a kid. So it's been my whole life's dream and goal to become a pastor. And then as I got older, I think I got more ambitious, or we like to say in Korean, more yokshim, you know, and you start getting these thoughts, oh, I want to travel around the world and preach. I want to preach to large crowds. I want to be like Billy Graham or, or something like that, or want to, you know, grow the church, see big churches. We want to impact people, see thousands of people saved, you know. And without realizing it, even though I was saying Jesus is my everything, something in my heart, something in my soul, was finding my identity, not in Jesus, but finding my identity in the things I do for Jesus or, or finding my identity in my calling from Jesus or my destiny in Jesus. Now my identity was a pastor, right? My, my identity was as a child of God. And then one day God said, Jimmy, I'm going to take you through a season or through a period of time in your life where I'm going to, I'm going to remove being a pastor. I'm going to remove the mic out of your hands, you know, and, and can you still, right, find value in yourself? Can you still be a pastor without being a pastor? Do you get it, right? Because my, my whole identity was in preaching and teaching and having a position. Well, if I'm truly a pastor, I don't need a position to do what a pastor does. Essentially, what a pastor does is what? Love people, right? The, the passion of a, of a pastor is to help people know Jesus, so if I'm not pastoring a church, am I still going to help people know Jesus? If I don't have a position, am I going to still try to shine God's light? Whether I'm working at Blockbuster Video, which a lot of you probably don't even know what that is, right? <laughs> Some of these people are like, what's a DVD, right? It's like, that's crazy to me, right? Uh, or working at McDonald's, right? Or working as a custodian somewhere. It's like, no, right? I know who I am right? I'm, I'm more than just a position. I'm more than just my job. I'm more than a pastor. I'm more. And so here's something that God wants to say to you. You are more than your calling. You're more than your job. You are more than your dreams, right? And even if, I'm not saying it will, but even if your dreams were to die and it seems like your dreams will never come true, you need to know you are so much more than that. Your dreams, right, cannot stop your destiny. Your failed dreams, your failed goals cannot will not stop your calling in Jesus if you have the right attitude and if you have the right faith and if you have the right identity, right? And so there was a period in my t a time in my life where I was, I stepped away from ministry and I had to rediscover my value and my identity and my joy, not in what I do, not in what I accomplish, but because of who he is, 
right? Whose I am. Not who I am, but whose I am. Who do I belong to, right? You know, who do I belong to? What price he paid for me to be his child? What delight, what divine, eternal delight he has in me. Not because of what I do, but because of who I am to him, amen? And so if you are going through disappointment today, right, in any form, maybe God is allowing that as like a a pain in your body because he's saying there's something I want to fix. There's something greater. There's there's something in your life that could be more healthy, more strong, and it is your identity in me. I want you to find your identity in me because then your identity will be secure. Then your identity will be unshakable, amen? Then no matter what happens in your life, right right no matter what people say about you you will be unshakable undefeatable you will be more than a conqueror amen through what does the bible say through christ right we cannot be unshakable when we find our identity in other things when you find your identity through christ we are more than conquerors through christ amen john chapter 1 verse 12 it says but to all all Hallelujah, all, young and old, man and woman, black and white, red, yellow, (laughs) Uh, no matter what your background, no matter what your sin, no matter where you're at right now, no matter what your weakness or struggle, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, God gave you, me, the right to become children of God, and that is what we are, amen. Amen. So, come on. Turn your disappointment into an opportunity to grow deeper. Deeper in your identity, closer to God. Amen. Number two, another purpose that God can use disappointment for is that we need to realize uh, that, that some disappointments show us that we have wrong or unhealthy expectations. Right? Some disappointments can show us that we have wrong expectations, right? Uh, In fact, one of uh, the most unhealthy expectations we can have is to never expect disappointments. (laughs) One of the reasons why some of us struggle so much with disappointment is because we never expected it or we never prepared for it. We just wished it wouldn't happen. We just hoped it wouldn't happen, right? But when it does happen, you're not prepared for it. And that is a very unhealthy expectation because you're now self-sabotaging yourself, right? Some of the best plans, you know, some of the most successful plans in the world right now is because they made contingencies for when things go wrong. You know, like if, if, you, if you go, you know, me and my wife, we've been on TV shows and, and uh, when you watch the behind the scenes, they're prepared for things that may go wrong, right? They have a backup plan. If this computer fails, we got a backup computer. If this person's sick, we've got a backup person. If this doesn't work, we've got a backup. You know what I mean? Like they've, they've got, they're prepared for disappointments, right? And so for some of us, right, you, you live in wishful thinking, well, I just would rather not have disappointments. Well, I'm sorry, right? We don't live in a perfect world, right? And just because you believe in Jesus doesn't mean disappointment won't happen to you. In fact, if you read the Bible, right, every, almost every person that believed in God went through some kind of disappointment in their life. Some of them were very, very big disappointments in their life, right? And so God never promises us a disappointment-free life, but he promises that he uses all disappointments for good, amen? 
He promises that he'll put a purpose in your disappointment. Now, if you don't put a purpose in your disappointment, it means you're unprepared for disappointment. And because you're unprepared for disappointment, that's why disappointment is winning in your life. Now, look at today's story, right? These guys, they have this plan. Like I said before, we're going to bring our friend who's paralyzed. We're going to bring this guy to Jesus. We're going to lay him in front of him. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome, right? Jesus is going to be like, come forth, all who you are sick, right? Bring me your sick. We're like, here, Lord, we have brought a sick person. And he'll say, oh, Father, I pray for him. To, and it's going to be amazing, right? The heavens are going to open, right? The whole, You know, it's like the sun is going to shine. The angels are going to sing. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like a, a woman preparing for her wedding, right? It's like, oh, it's going to be amazing, right? So everything's going to be perfect, right? And then this happens and that happens and this, you know, this is late, the cake is late, you know? And they get so angry and, you know, because we were not ready, you know? We we're still trying to have control over everything. But, but anyways, now think about these guys, right? If, uh, you know, if they, if they had not been ready for this, this disappointment, right? Uh, but I, I feel like in a way they were kind of ready for it, right? They, they show up to the, to the house and again, you know, things are not going according to plan. Things are not working the way that they had hoped, right? Uh, but, but just because, now listen to this, just because one way is blocked doesn't mean there is not another way, right? So they, they come and, and their, their original plan or their, their original way is blocked. It's like, oh my gosh, the house is full, right? Now, if they'd had a bad attitude and say, oh, well, I guess it's not meant to be, they would just walked away, right? Or some of us, we get so consumed by our disappointment that we can't see or we don't let ourselves see another way because I want this. Do you, do you ever get that? That happens to me, right? It's like, I just, I want it this way. And so we refuse to even consider other ways. But these guys had, had such an open, good attitude. It's that even though one way didn't work, doesn't mean there wasn't another way. So they found another way to, uh, to uh, get in. Now, again, uh, one, of our, one of the ways to have an unhealthy expectation is to hold on to our expectation, right? No matter what. Now, sometimes we got to do that. Don't get me wrong, right? Right. Sometimes, and, and again, I'm not saying don't have big expectations for your life, right? Uh, in fact, God wants you to have big expectations for your life. God does want you expect to expect to, to, to see great things happen in your life and to see uh, God do and use you to do great and mighty things, right? To have big dreams. That's not what we're talking about. But what we're talking about is having unhealthy expectations at unhealthy times, right? And there's times and there's seasons or, or there's situations where we got to let go of our expectations. Well, okay, we thought we were just going to walk into the house and lay them down, but we just got to let that go. Because when we let that go, we open the opportunity for God to make a different way. Amen. So we got to have healthy expectations. Number three, speaking of expectations, uh, the same thing goes with uh, dependencies, right? Some disappointments, number three, they show us that we have wrong dependencies, right? Sometimes it shows us, right, when we go through a disappointment that we were, we, that we were, tr we were like relying or depending on something too much, right? Again, an unhealthy dependency, right? When people let you down and you're disappointed with them, right, maybe it's because you were depending too much upon them or you were expecting too much from them that was really unfair 
or, or was not really in sync with reality. Again, right? You know, the funny thing about meeting your heroes is that in a way, it's, it's, it's uh, ridiculous to be disappointed because you just got to remember they're human, right? If you keep in mind that everybody's human and everybody's flawed, you won't ever get disappointed. Uh, somebody once said that God never gets disappointed. And I thought about that, and I think that's true, right? God is never disappointed. You know why? Because God is never surprised, right? He knows what's going to happen. He knows what could happen, right? And so he's never like, oh, that's a bummer. I didn't think Peter was going to deny me three times, right? Right? I'm so disappointed in Peter. No, he wasn't disappointed in Peter. He, he, he may have been hurt, right? I'm not saying, you know, God never gets hurt by our sins or, or when we let him down, right? I'm not saying that. But I think in a way, depending on the way you, you, you use the word disappointment, technically, God never gets disappointed, right? Because he knows people. He knows, man. And he knows, right? Actually, he even said this in a verse where he says he knows not to trust himself into man's hands, right? But we do that, right? We, we expect so much from people and, and we forget to give them grace, we forget them to give him yo-yo, as we say in Korean, to give them the space to be, to make mistakes, to be human, to have a bad side, right? You know, this happens a lot in church, especially. We, we, we get disappointed in leaders of church, pastors in church, you know? And I'd like to say as a pastor, it's like, it's because we have this unfair expectation for pastors to be better than they really are. Right? To not be human, to be superhuman, right? But a pastor is simply just like you in a special position, right? They're just a human in a special position, right? And it doesn't mean that they're any better. Now, there's higher responsibilities and, and there's higher responsibilities we need to live up to, but that doesn't mean that we are any better than anybody else. Does that make sense? And so some, some people will say, well, you know, I lost faith in God because my pastor, you know, committed adultery or my pastor stole money from the church and now I'm like, God doesn't exist. Well, see, that disappointment shows you you had the wrong dependency, right? It means that your faith was built not on God himself, but it was built on church or it was built on people, it was built on pastors and leaders, right? And, uh, and so this can be very helpful. It can be a time for you to self-reflect and say, do I truly depend on God alone? Or am I, is my faith relying or is my hopes relying on people or circumstances or situations. Psalm 20, verse 7, it says, Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Amen? Amen. Trust in God alone. Amen. Depend on God alone. Just because you stumble and fall doesn't mean like my faith needs to be shaken. Just because people fail doesn't mean I need to lose faith in humanity or lose faith in God, right? Because Ultimately, if people shake my faith or shake my hope, it's because I have built my faith and hope on the wrong people and the wrong things. I'm depending on the wrong things. I need to depend on God. Amen? Right? And number four, the fourth purpose is this, is that honestly, purpose, a disappointment can actually make you more powerful in helping other people. Right? So number four uh, it helps us, disappointment helps us to impact others more powerfully. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3-4 through 4 says this, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. When, when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer 
for Christ, the more God will shower us with His comfort through Christ. Amen? Amen. So what is He saying? If you go through disappointment and you overcome that disappointment, now you are in a better position to help people who also go through disappointment. Right? Right? Like, it's, it's, uh, it, it's always... You know, a lot of people find comfort in talking to people who've gone through the same things they've gone through. You know, like if, if you've had somebody cheat on you and somebody says, yeah, you know what, actually, my, my husband and wife cheated on me. Really? You know, just hearing that, having somebody to relate to, right, gives them comfort. But not only that, because you went through some kind of disappointment. Maybe you could say, oh, dude, I went through so many job rejections, right? I, 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 went, I went from job interview to job interview, and it just seemed like it would never work out. But it worked out in the end, right? Maybe it took a long time, but it worked out in the end. That makes your words more powerful to somebody, right? Because you're going to say, hey, I felt like you did. I went through that, and I thought it would never happen, but it did. So have hope. Right, so, so having gone through disappointment, going through disappointment makes you more powerful to help other people. And in fact, it can even give you more compassion and more grace towards other people. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, if you don't go through it, you kind of don't understand it. But when you go through it, it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, I feel a lot of compassion. Right? Like for me, I'm in Korea. I'm a foreigner. Like when when other foreigners go through something, oh my gosh, I feel it. Because I'm like, oh my gosh, I know what it's like to be in a country where you can't speak the language and you're scared. Because like, what if I get sick? I can't talk to the doctor. Things like that. Right? And so it makes you even more effective and more compassionate for other people. Amen. Come on, somebody. I, I, I guess God wants you to know, God wants somebody to know that God can put a purpose in disappointment. So put it in the chat, purpose in disappointment, purpose in disappointment. Now quickly, as we close, I want to share uh, a, a few more keys to overcoming disappointment in your life, right? So the number one thing is purpose, right? Embracing purpose in disappointment. Now here's a few more things as we close. Number one. Don't get too down on yourself. Don't be too hard on yourself. If you want to go, if you want to overcome disappointment, you know what a lot of times happens, especially with Christians, is that we feel guilty for dis being disappointed. We feel like, oh, as a Christian, I shouldn't feel this way. As a Christian, you know, I should have faith. You know, that whole like, oh, I should have faith thing, man, we twist that around and uh, around so much in a negative way, in a way it's not supposed to mean, right? Having faith doesn't mean you never experience doubt or fears. Actually, having faith means I know that God will love me and help me even when I feel fear and doubt. See, faith is about who God is, not about what you can do. Woo, that's good. Come on, right? See, we, we make faith about us. We make faith. Oh, if I have faith, I will be bold. I will be strong. Oh, because, you know, I believe in God is going to, I believe in God. No, 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 no. Faith is for the weak. Faith is not for the strong. It's for the weak, right? So faith says, you know, when I get down and disappointed, God's going to comfort me. God's going to help me. God's going to make a way. Amen? So don't get down on yourself when you get disappointed, right? Don't get disappointed about your disappointment, <laughs> right? Don't get disappointed. It's like, oh, I'm so disappointed that I got disappointed, right? That's what we do. That's what we secretly do. It's like, why do you feel bad? Oh, I'm disappointed. I can't believe I'm disappointed. I feel so bad. I feel guilty for, being, for, for being disappointed, right? Stop being disappointed about being disappointed, all right? Because you're human, 
give yourself grace because that's exactly what God does, right? When people get disappointed, God doesn't cut them off and be like, what's wrong with you, right? I can't, I'm so disappointed that you're disappointed. God doesn't do that. God helps people. God gives grace to people. He says, I'm, I'm going to give you, and, and you know what? You need to have this attitude. You're still growing. I'm still growing. That's the attitude, right? I, I heard somebody uh, say, you know, one of the things that changed their Christian faith that, I mean, for the better, was they, when they let go of this, this sort of subconscious belief that we have that once you become a Christian, you, be, you become perfect. We won't say that, but we kind of secretly believe that, right? Again, things like, oh, if you have faith, you know, you won't be afraid. You know that God is able. You know that God is strong. So why are you going to be scared, you know? Have faith, right? See, we have this secret lie and this secret deceit that once you become Christian, we become perfect. And that's not true. The reason we need Jesus is that we need his help to continue to grow. So you are still growing. Amen. Right? You wouldn't blame a child for falling down because, you know, they're still learning how to walk. It's like, what's wrong with you? Come on, you're two months old. You should be able to walk by now. That just doesn't make sense, right? You need to give yourself as much grace as you would give a child because that's what you are. You are a growing person. You're a growing spiritual child, right? I mean, physically, I may be older, but spiritually, we're still young and we're still growing in God's eyes, amen? So, so you need to fuel yourself with the right things. Remember, right? Getting mad at yourself doesn't really help, right? Blaming yourself, getting frustrated with yourself, you know, those things may feel good temporarily, doesn't that? Right? You get mad. Oh, so stupid, so dumb. And, and, and the lie, the temporary lie in your head is that, okay, this is motivation for me to get better, motivation for me to change. But it's temporary. It's a temporary motivation. It's a temporary feeling that really in the end, in the long term, doesn't really change you. Because you know why? It doesn't give you strength. It makes you feel good. It's kind of like a hamburger. It makes you feel good, but it actually makes you unhealthy. So you get angry at yourself and you think, okay, I'm getting motivated. It feels good, but what that really is doing is killing your soul, killing your spirit. It's not giving you strength. It's taking strength. You know what gives you strength? Joy. Amen. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Joyful city. Amen. Hope gives us strength. These are the things that actually change us. Not anger, not condemnation, not being hard on yourself. I have never seen somebody who is hard on themselves really truly change for the better, right? They may see temporary, uh, you know, uh, results, but, but, but those things do not have real power. Psalm 43, 5, it says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior, and my God. Amen? Amen? See, he knew, right, being hopeless, being down is not helpful. So, so the psalmist, David, he knows, you know what, if I'm going to move forward, if I'm going to do better, if I'm going to overcome, I need to change my attitude, and especially I got to stop being disappointed in myself. That's not going to help, right? I need to put my hope in God. All right, come on. This is not self-help. I'm, not, I'm not saying, oh, I can do better. Believe in yourself, right? No, believe in yourself through Jesus. I can do all things through Christ. I am more than a conqueror because of Jesus. I can overcome. I can do better. Why? Because of God, because of God's grace, because God is for me and not against me. Amen? Amen. Somebody once said this. Disappointments are inevitable 
but misery is optional. Amen? Right? So you will go through disappointments. You don't have to make yourself more miserable than you have to, than really necessary. Amen? Amen. All right, number two, another key. Look beyond. Look beyond. So again, in today's story, you know, these guys, they face the disappointment. Oh, man, the house is full. We can't get in. Disappointment, right? But they didn't get stuck there. They looked beyond the disappointment, right? They found another way. They found another option. Now, that's the problem with a lot of us is we get swallowed up. We can't see past our disappointment, right? And now here's the thing. Some disappointments are just purely disappointments. But if we're not careful, disappointment becomes an attitude. It becomes an attitude. We become to have this attitude of disappointment, right? We become to have this bad attitude. We start blaming. We start again having pessimism. We have self-pity. It's like, oh, you know, the house is full. Oh, this always happens. Bad things always happen, right? Blah, blah. You know, at some point, disappointment becomes an attitude. Now, you can't control the disappointment that happens to you, but you can control your attitude, right, when it comes to... And the thing is, is that when you have a bad attitude, bad attitudes stop us from seeing God's answers. See, sometimes God is saying, I'm making another way, but because we have a bad attitude and we're so focused on the disappointment, we can't see the way that God is making, amen? See, disappointment doesn't have to be the end. It can be a new beginning. Amen. It can be a new opportunity. It can be a redirection to something greater, to something better. If you just have the right attitude, right? God is going to show you. He's going to say, hey, stop looking down at your disappointment and look up to me. Amen. Look up. Look up. See that there's another way. See that there could be another answer. And they looked up and they saw the roof and said, hey, we can go through the roof. Amen. So look beyond. Believe that there is another way. Believe in God. Amen? God is bigger than your disappointments. God is bigger than any roadblock. God is bigger than any loss of money. God is bigger than any loss of job. God is bigger than any person who lets you down. God can make a way where there is no way. Amen? And sometimes all he's doing is trying to point you to another answer. Look at the roof. Look at the roof. Look at the roof. Right? But you're like, disappointment, disappointment, disappointment. Trust in God. Look to God. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Right? Fixing your eyes on Jesus is a positive, open attitude that says, okay, this is not working out. Okay, this happened. But God can always provide. Amen. God can always provide. God is in control. God is ultimately going to make a way where there is no way. The door is closed. Let's go through the roof. Amen. Because God is a God of breakthrough. Hallelujah. He can break through that roof. He can break through that ceiling. There is no ceiling of opportunity for you. God can make it make a way. Amen. 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 Number three, and this is my last point today. Hey, we're doing really good on time. God is good. Are you blessed today? Are you blessed today? Are you feeling more freedom today? Are you are you overcoming? Are you more than a conqueror? If you if that's you, somebody say, Yes, I am. Say it in the chat. Yes, I am. I am overcoming. I am changing. I am saved by the grace of God. I am overcoming disappointment. Hallelujah. I am. I'm a man. I am a woman of God. I am a child of God with an attitude of victory, with an open attitude, with a good attitude, with a positive attitude. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. God has something better for you. Number three. Number three. Number three. Uh, Again, uh, a key uh, to overcoming 
disappointment. Number three is surrender more to God. Surrender more to God. Uh, basically, what we mean is that surrendering means to trust your life into God's hands. You know, uh, and sometimes when we start uh, freaking out about disappointment or when we get overwhelmed, see again, please listen to me. Right? It's one thing to feel disappointment, but there is a point where it begins to consume us. It begins to control us. It begins to influence us in, 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 a, in a really negative way. You understand what I'm saying? Right? And, and when that happens, again, it's a sign that there are still areas in our life where we can still surrender more to God. And that's not a bad thing because we're still growing. Hallelujah. I still have areas. I still need to grow and surrender. So how about we have this kind of attitude? I will grow in surrender until the day I die. Right? God's not expecting perfection. He is moving us in direction of growth. Right? And so, oh, God, God must be mad at me because I'm not fully surrendered. That's not why God is showing you that. No, He's showing you an opportunity to grow. He's showing you an opportunity to give you more grace. He's, giving a, he's showing you an opportunity to pour more love into your life and to grow you and to help you in surrender. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right? Like when your body is, you know, in pain and it's showing you there's something wrong with your kidney. It's not condemning you. It's like, oh, you're a bad person no it's trying to help you say hey there's an area where we can grow get better get stronger right uh, and so when God says you need to surrender more this is not condemnation ladies and gentlemen it's a good news it's a doctor's prescription right it's a doctor's prescription now of course there could be things that we could do to to you know change our diet, right, exercise more, you know, there's things we could do, you know, like, right, read our Bible, pray, you know, stop isolating ourselves, because God created us for community, things like that, right, but ultimately, again, when God says, you need to surrender more, it's not uh, condemnation, it's a prescription, right, to help you to, to, to get healthier, and so I've just realized, I've just come to, to accept and make peace that God is helping me to surrender more and more. I, I, there's always more surrender, right, that is needed in my life, right, uh, because when we get disappointed by something, that disappointment gets stronger because we keep holding on to it, right, that's control, but what we have to do is what? Surrender it to God, surrender my life. Now, I thought it was going to go this way, Perhaps I got to go that way. You know, perhaps I thought it was going to be this thing. Maybe it's not. I thought we we're going to get this house. Maybe it's not. I thought we we're going to get that job. Maybe it's not. I thought she was the one that was going to. Maybe it's not. Maybe he was the one. No, it's not. You know, I thought I could always rely on that person. Maybe not. Now, whatever disappointments that we have, again, we can just all surrender it to God. Surrender it to God. Okay. I can't depend on that person, so what am I going to do? I'm going to surrender that area, and I'm going to depend more on God, right? Okay, this plan is not working out. What am I going to do? I'm going to surrender that plan to God. I'm going to trust God to make a way. Amen? Amen. So we got to let go, let God. Amen? Somebody put that in the chat. Let go and let God. Surrender, surrender, surrender. Trust God. Throw yourself into His loving hands. Throw yourself into his powerful arms. Throw yourself into his miraculous power to make a way where there is no way. Amen. Matthew 16, verse 24. We'll end on this. It says, and then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Amen. So basically, 
if you want to live in God's best, right? He's already got it for you. Do you understand? You don't have to do anything to get God's best in your life. What I mean is like, you don't need to earn it. You don't need to work it like earning pay on a job, right? But we do need to position our attitude in a way that allows for God to release and for the, for the blessing to flow in our life. It's like a river, right? A river that's flowing. But, but, but again, sometimes when we're not surrendered, it's like we're putting rocks to block that river. He's freely giving it. We need to let it freely flow. Amen. So maybe you want to pray about things today, about what are the things that are, that are causing God's blessing and favor to not freely flow in my life. And part of that may be disappointments that you're holding on to. And maybe part of that is the surrender you haven't given to God. Amen. Yeah, pray about it. God's ready. Thanks for joining us today. 오늘 저희와 함께 해주셔서 감사합니다. Joyful City Church is an international church located in Ilsan that exists to make an impact in Korea and beyond. Joyful City 교회는 일산에 위치한 국제 교회로 한국과 전 세계에 영향력을 끼치기 위해 존재하는 교회입니다. Our mission is to help everybody taste and see that God is good. 저희의 미션은 모든 이들이 주님의 선하심을 맛보고 알도록 돕는 것입니다. So, whether you are a Korean or a foreigner, there's a community at our church for you. 여러분이 한국인이든 외국인이든 저희 교회에는 여러분을 위한 공동체가 있습니다. We would love for you to come visit us and give us a chance to make you feel at home. 그러니 꼭 오셔서 가족과 같은 공동체를 누려보세요. For information about our service time and directions, visit our website at joyfulcity.org. 예배 시간이나 주소 등더 많은 정보가 알고 싶으시다면 저희 웹사이트에서 확인하실 수 있습니다. 웹사이트 주소는 joyfulcity.org입니다. Thanks again and hope to see you soon. 다시 한번 감사드리고요. 곧 만나뵐 수 있기를 바래요.